I'm Dr. Mandy Weeks, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. This week's episode is a quick reminder of things that I've shared in the past that you probably need to be reminded of. Here's today's quick tip. Um, So if you're a chiropractor and you aren't necessarily too familiar with scoliosis and what that might look like or how that might present, um, or even what do you do with that um, once you find something, uh, the biggest thing that I learned when I started doing this work is we just assumed that you know, there's a very simple test, right? You do the Adams test, you check for scoliosis. If there's something present, then boom, you have a scoliosis um, concern, and then you move forward from there, however you were taught in school. Um, What I learned is, is that there are a whole lot of patients that have scoliosis that does not show up in their upper thoracic spine. Um, So, When we're looking at that, we might not see a postural change because our bodies are really amazing at correcting and adapting to our spine. Um, There's a really uh, like present case in my mind when I'm talking about this that um, she came into my office and she had seen multiple chiropractors, multiple physical therapists. She had seen every provider. She had a ton of pain. She had had x-rays done. Um, And, you know, I think she was from somewhere in in rural North Dakota, but she had come to Bismarck. She had gone to multiple different people and had x-rays and they said, well, your curve is really low, um, so you don't need to worry about it. Um, There's nothing you can do, but everything she did, it just didn't resolve the issue. And when she came in and I was looking at her and we were going through her exam it didn't appear as though her curves were really big because her posture was was even. Her shoulders were even. Her her hips were even. And when I'm looking at that and I pull up her old films, you know, she I think she had like a 12 degree curve in her spine or something like that. It was it was one of those where you look at that and they wouldn't even technically diagnose it as scoliosis, but there was definitely a curve. Um, the problem was is that they had taken two separate x-rays. They took an x-ray of the top of her spine and an x-ray of the bottom of her spine. And so when you look at them independently, it didn't look like it was very severe. And so what we did is we sent her down and we did a full spine x-ray. So if you're not familiar, the difference is, is when you do a full spine x-ray, they can either stitch the x-rays together or, you know, they can do it as a whole where when the patient stands there, the x-ray machine just goes up and down their entire spine all at once. So what that does is not only does it give us a picture of all of the parts of the spine, but it also shows me what is happening with their head and their pelvis and is their head over the top of their sacrum. And the reason why that's important, um, and if you're listening to this and you're not a provider, if you're getting lost in this, I that that's okay. Um, I'm going to do another podcast here that you can pop back to that is is going to fit you a little bit better. That would make sense. Um, so don't get discouraged if you're not a provider and it's not making sense. That's okay. Just either power through or pop to my next episode. Um, but to get back to the x-rays. So when I look at that, um, I've gotten her x-rays back. And what I saw was is that she had two curves and the top curve and the bottom curve were actually pretty low. But what was happening was, is that the top of her head and the bottom of her sacrum were completely unmatched. There was a translation in her spine that was so significant that it was completely 
pulling at the middle of her spine. And so the pain that she was getting and the symptoms that she was getting, technically, yes, it was from her scoliosis, but nobody was addressing the scoliosis because individually, those curves were really low. So they said, well, you know, that's not important. That can't possibly be the cause. But when you looked at it from an entire picture, what we saw was is that she was over two inches off center. Um, her head was, you know, two inches to the right. Her sacrum was two inches to the left. And um, all of that torsion and that pull of her spine was creating terrible pain. And so when we saw the big picture, holy smokes, that was a, a huge eye-opening experience for me is that sometimes you can have all of the information and it doesn't appear as though it's very significant. But when you have the right information in the right way, it can give you better tools and it can kind of clear up the, the picture of what might be going on. So um, as a, a chiropractor, when you have patients in your office, um, if there's something that even seems as though it's not quite right, um, even though it might not seem severe, um, you may need more information. And so the biggest things that I saw that when I look back and I maybe had done some things where I had missed some cases or maybe didn't necessarily get all of the information was um, when I do posture evaluations, you know, oftentimes I'd pop into a room and my patient would already be laying on the table to get adjusted. And when a patient lies down, their body self-corrects oftentimes. And so when somebody's lying on their stomach on a table, you're not going to see the spine as well as you will if they're standing up or if they're sitting. And so it's really important that at some point in time, you know, if it's somebody that you've seen, you know, a hundred times for a lot of different years um, and as they're growing, that we make a point that either our staff really know what to look for or our assistants really know what to look for or that you're making sure that you see them while they're standing or they're sitting and that you're taking a really good look at their spine um, and not just their upper back but in their lumbar spine, because I've had a lot of patients where the top of their spine, their shoulders were even, their shoulder blades were even. Um, however, when you look down and through their lumbar spine, there was a huge curve. Um, and I've had that happen over and over and over again, where um, we've had patients where they've had really large curves in their low back and their lumbar curves, and they've been completely missed because their body accommodated so well that you could hardly tell just by looking at them. And the Adams test um, didn't show up necessarily because it wasn't in their upper back. So that's a really big tip that I really want to hone in and, and let you know about because, you know, at first when I started doing this, you know, you look at the tests and if the tests show up, then there's a concern. And if they don't, then they then it's not. But there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, and sometimes even the slightest curve in the low back, um, we can't necessarily make a determination off of posture alone. Um, so that's another really important piece is that when I first started going to my training, I'll never forget, um, I was sitting at the training and he had put up pictures of patients um, and their posture. And then he asked us to rank the patients and and match them with their x-rays of who had the worst curve or, um, you know, kind of like the mix and match of whose posture fits which x-ray. And of course, it was like, oh, well, this is going to be really easy, right? Um, and I was actually wrong on all of them. Most of us were uh, in reality, When to be honest about it. We, almost everybody there 
were we were wrong because the posture doesn't always match the x-ray. And oftentimes the patient that I thought would have the least problems actually had the more significant curves. It's just that they balanced each other out and you couldn't tell by their posture. And sometimes the patients that had the worst posture actually didn't have the worst curves, but they may have had a big problem with like the translation in their spine. So you could see it more so when you were looking at them. So we can't just rely on our physical exam or even how somebody's posture is necessarily showing because there's more to it. And so coming to that next point of, okay, well, what do you do? Like, when do you refer to somebody and when do you move forward? Um, I've really gotten to the point, you know, when I first started, different schools teach different things. And so oftentimes they would say, well, either don't take x-rays or if you do take x-rays, it's only under these circumstances. Um, And really, anytime there is a postural concern, a structural concern, especially in a child, um, it is so important to get a baseline. And so the risk of an x-ray compared to the information that we get um, is really low. And so if we feel like there's any reason that we might need to check out a structural or postural concern related to a curve in the spine, Um, It's so important to get an x-ray and to get the right type of x-ray because like in my last example, this person had had multiple x-rays, but it wasn't showing the whole picture. And so we missed it. And by the time we found it, she was old enough that there wasn't a whole lot that we could do as far as correction. It was basically, um, you know, helping her manage it at that point just because she had been there for so many years Um, so if you're in your office and you come across a patient that has any of those types of issues, I would strongly encourage you to either have an x-ray done or, you know, if you don't have x-ray in your office or you're not sure what type of x-ray to order, the safest bet is, is to find somebody that can help you do that. Um, and so moving on to that next point, especially where we live, um, I remember the first couple of people that, Um, had those scoliosis concerns. And this was before I was doing scoliosis work and bracing and things of that nature. Um, I didn't know where to send them because in our town, there wasn't a specific spinal scoliosis doctor. Um, There wasn't anybody at Bone and Joint or the orthopedic center. And then there was somebody here for a few years and then they had left. And so now it's more so that a doctor comes in from, you know, 200 miles away. They come in every so often Um, and see patients or Shriners might pop down once a month or once a quarter, depending on, you know, their schedule to do screenings and things like that. Um, And so those are definitely resources for you. Um, But then I also found that in just conversations that, you know, if you have a patient with, say, a 20 degree curve and you want to send them somewhere, if you, we, we know the guidelines across the board that generally speaking, if you have a 20 degree curve, if you go see an orthopedic doctor, typically what they recommend is, is that you come back in six months and do another x-ray. And there's not a whole lot of recommendations outside of that. And so in my conversations with other providers, what I found is, is that there's some hesitancy with that because we don't really know where to send them, but we also know if we do send them and they're not severe enough, they're really not going to get a whole lot of resources other than follow-up for x-rays in six months. 
And so there's a little bit of hesitancy or, you know, resistance as far as, well, what's the right answer for this patient? And that's where um, I really feel like our office does a great job of being able to do an initial assessment and say, okay, this is where you're at. And being able to manage, you know, when is the point that we need to have a surgeon on board? When is the point that we can manage this in a more conservative way? And here are some of the tools that we can help you with. And so sometimes that might mean that your patient might come to us and we can do a full assessment. And it might mean that they go home with with different traction protocols and they can continue to be adjusted in your office. Sometimes um, they may need a brace. Um, and with our overcorrective braces, you know, we don't typically wait until it gets to a point like over that 30 degree mark. We see a lot of correction in patients that might have an 18, 19, 20 degree curve, 24 degree curve, or maybe a lower curve, but they have a lot of that translation that I had talked about with that first case. Um, We get a lot of great success with our braces in that instance. And so then that would, you know, simply be providing them a brace and then continuing the care with you in your office. Um, And sometimes we've gotten referrals where unfortunately, we somehow along the line somewhere a curve was missed. And if we get to a point where, say, we have a patient come in and they've got a 60-degree curve, you know, that's definitely an instance in which we say, okay, we need to have a surgical um, doctor on board here because the goal of our treatment is different. Because at that point, it's no longer about correcting that curve to a point of not having surgery. It's about helping maintain that curve and helping stabilize it and get as much correction as possible so that they have a better surgical outcome. And so all of those scenarios are a little bit different. Um, But the good news is, is that before we didn't have a whole lot of options for patients with lower curves because we knew that orthopedic intervention doesn't typically happen until it gets worse. And so now we have those tools here locally that we can help coordinate um, with you and your office and your patients. So You know, the biggest takeaways are is if there's a question, always check it early. If there's ever a question, always get an x-ray. If you don't know specifically what to get, please reach out to us and we can help you um, or at least help direct you in the right direction because early intervention is so important. It's the biggest piece of getting good correction. The younger the child is, the lower the curve it is, the better chances of correcting it it is. And the older they are, the more severe it is. It's just so much harder to gain that ground back once we've lost it. So I always encourage um, providers to act early rather than wait and see, because once you've waited, you can't always go back. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, That would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at BehindTheBrace.com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit RaymaTeam.com.